right, we're in John uh, chapter 8, starting at verse 12, and this whole section today goes 12 to 59. I'm not going to read all of that this morning. I'm just going to read some parts of it, but I'm hoping and I'm praying that the message will kind of whet your appetite and uh, pique your interest, and you'll go back and read this whole chapter uh, later today if you haven't already. So I'm going to start reading at verse 12. And again, the whole piece is 12 to 59, but we're just going to look at a couple of segments of that this morning. There's so much here. I mean, we could spend, uh, you know, four or five messages or more just in this passage, but I'm going to really center on Jesus uh, being the light of the world. So let's uh, open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear the word of the Lord. Again, Jesus Let's start here. Where is it? There it is. Okay. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going but you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it's written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. And these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. And now skipping down to verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The, sin, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I want to talk about Jesus being the light of the world. And it reminded me of uh, something that happened back when I was uh, about a year out of high school. I had gotten a job in a foundry. Uh, It was a, uh, and actually I was in in the union of the Steelworkers of America. And uh, foundry work is just tough, uh, hard work. It, it's hot. You're doing a lot of lifting. And I was just this uh, newbie, uh, skinny young kid. Yes, I was young once and I was skinny once. It's, it's really true. And I was there working in the foundry and there were, man, there were big guys there that had worked there, you know, for years. And they had these muscles that wouldn't quit in their arms and their chest, their necks, and they were, they were tough, and I was not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everybody wore, uh, because of the metal that could c- come splashing, we wore heavy jeans, and we had, like, these chaps on. But it seemed like everybody wore a white T-shirt, 
that would be pretty black by the end of your shift. And it also seemed like everyone smoked back in, in, in those days. And the guys would take their uh, cigarettes and kind of like, I don't know, was it James Dean or Marlon Brando? You know, they would just kind of roll that pack up in the T-shirt. You've probably seen that look uh, somewhere. And uh, at break time, lunchtime, everybody would step out the back and they'd all have a smoke break. Well, I wanted to be social and I wanted to find a way to share Jesus with these guys. And I thought, well, I got to go where they go. So I would go back there and I didn't smoke, but I would just kind of hang out. Um, and one, every once in a while, one of the guys would say, hey, do you got a cigarette? And I'd go, no, you know, I don't smoke. You got a light? No, I don't, I don't have a light, you know. And I got thinking about it, and I came up with this great idea. I had my little Gideon uh, New Testament, you know, kind of about this size, yeah, a little bit smaller. And I, I figured I could take my Gideon New Testament and I could roll it up in my sleeve like a pack of cigarettes, all right? And then when the guy says, you got a light, I could say, man, do I got a light? Let me tell you about the light of the world. What do you think? How do you think that went over? Yeah, well, nobody was talking to me. <laughs> it did not go over well. I tried it a few times and uh, they just stayed away from me after that. I, I probably would have done better if I got some matches with uh, John 316 printed on them and passed them out or I don't know, something. But, you know, I did not get a good reception. Uh, they wanted to smoke and I was trying to give them uh, the Word of God and it did not connect. And, you know, things did not connect much better for Jesus uh, the day when he told everyone that he is the light of the world. Jesus stood up in the courtyard this is after the Feast of Tabernacles. We'll talk about that more in a minute. And he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And boy, that is such good news. But people did not take it. Some people did take it as good news, but most of them, they got pretty upset. If you read through the chapter, it gets really intense. There's quite a discussion, <laughs> argument that happens between Jesus and the people there. Uh, they accuse Jesus of being demon-possessed and, and kind of like the worst insult they can come up with. You're a Samaritan. You're not like us, and you're, and you're demon-possessed. And Jesus says, no, actually, I'm not demon-possessed, but you are children of the devil. <laughs> and that didn't go over too well either. And by the end of the chapter, everybody's picking up stones and rocks, and they want to throw them at Jesus. But Jesus... Uh, gives him the slip. Jesus secretly gets away because his time had not yet come. And in this chapter, Jesus makes some of the boldest claims he's made so far about actually being God with us. And instead of receiving him and welcoming him with open arms and with the love and gratitude that he deserves, uh, they rejected Jesus. And it's just what John told us in the prologue was going to happen. Remember, he said he came to his own and his own received him not. Now notice uh, beginning of that verse, it says, I am. I am the light of the world. This is the second of what are called the I am statements in the Gospel of John. There's seven of them. We've looked at one already uh, a few weeks ago. I am the bread of 
of life, the true bread that came down from heaven, Jesus said, and now he's saying, I am the light of the world. Now, this happens in the context of the Feast of Tabernacles that we talked about last week, also called the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tents, where the people uh, actually lived in booths, uh, little little huts they made out of uh, branches and uh, fabric and they would camp outside for a week for this festival. It was a fun, uh, fun festival that people just really enjoyed. And they would celebrate God's providing and God's providing in the wilderness. And that's why the tents or the, the, the huts, it's because that's how they lived in the wilderness. And we talked uh, last week about how water was a big deal. You know, if you're in the desert, you need water. And so they celebrated how God provided water from the rock and there was that big ceremony the water ceremony we talked about and how Jesus stood up and cried on the last day shouted out that he came to bring us living water that would just well up and spring up inside us and he talked he was talking about the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in us well another big theme of tabernacles is the theme of light and if you remember in the wilderness wandering, you know, when they come out of Egypt, they escape from Egypt, God put a pillar of fire before them at night to lead them in the night and, and a pillar of cloud, a big cloud that would cover them and lead them by day. So part of the celebration, and man, it must have been quite a sight. Uh, this was in ancient times. There were huge oil lamps that had just gallons of water uh, oil, I'm sorry, gallons of oil, and they would be up on these high poles. And uh, every night, guys would climb up these poles and light these lamps. And they said there were so many and they were so bright, it lit up the whole temple courtyard grounds and that you could see from all over Jerusalem and even from miles away, you would see the light shining. It was quite, quite a sight. Well, when Jesus is sharing about being the light of the world, it's felt that this was probably a day or two after tabernacles uh, was being celebrated and he was in an area where those oil lamps were and they were maybe even being taken down right when he was sharing. You know, kind of like after Christmas, the, the crews go out and they take down the community Christmas tree or they take the things off the you know, light posts, the decorations. They were bringing down the decorations. They were going to pack the oil lamps away for another another year and there is Jesus and in that setting Jesus says I am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life just think about that think about what he's saying to these folks he's like wow you thought the pillar of fire was something in the desert you thought these lamps celebrating that and the festival we just had was something well let me tell you there is something even greater Uh, I am Jesus says the light of the world the whole world not just a light for the nation of Israel but I am the light for the whole world for every nation every people group Not just people like us, Jesus is saying, but I am the light come for everyone. And then he said, whoever, whosoever, anyone, anyone who comes, no matter what their background, comes and follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
you know, Jesus is saying here what John said in the prologue. Remember, he said in the first chapter, in him was life, and the life was the light of men or of all human beings. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, when you look at all the different religions of the world, uh, light is sort of a universal symbol, isn't it? I mean, I think just about every religion talks about light in some way symbolically as uh, being a symbol of spiritual truth or enlightenment. And, and, and most spiritual teachers, they will talk about uh, bringing the light to the world. They'll talk about through their teachings or through some sort of spiritual experience. You're in, enlightened. But Jesus is the only one who claims to be the light. Do you catch the difference there? He just doesn't bring the light. He says, I am the light. And when Jesus comes into our lives, when Jesus shines his light into our lives, he he does enlighten us. We do come to see, we come to understand, we come to perceive the truth of God. But he also shines his light on us. And what does light do? Light exposes, doesn't it? And one of the things Christ does when he comes into his life is he helps us see us ourselves for who we really are and what we really are. And, you know, the sad truth is we don't always want to know that, do we? We don't always, we don't like, we don't, sometimes we don't like the light. You know, um, it's kind of like the love-hate relationship people have with their HD TV sets and their HD computer monitors. I mean, we love the high def, don't we? We love the picture quality, but then sometimes there's too much of a good thing. <laughs> and when we're in the picture, we don't, we don't like that it shows every wrinkle, every wart, every gray hair, every imperfection. We don't, we don't like that. You know, uh, most of us, I, I don't know if there's a person on the planet nowadays who hasn't been in a Zoom meeting, you know, or some sort of online uh, video chat type of thing. And, uh, you know, maybe for work or for church meetings or family get-togethers, uh, even for doctor visits. Maybe you've been on a Zoom meeting. Now, what you might not realize is that Zoom has a really cool feature called Touch Up My Appearance. <laughs> Have you heard about the Touch Up My Appearance feature? Uh, th there's a little uh, thing. You, you can click this box, and then there's a slide control. And the more you slide that control, the more your wrinkles go away. Uh, here's a picture of somebody showing before and after. <laughs> look better on Zoom, five-minute tips. This guy gives all these tips on how you can look better. And one is just sliding that thing over and getting rid of the wrinkles. You know, we don't like the light of God sometimes, a lot of times, because there is no touch-up-my-appearance feature with the light Christ brings into our life. Here's what uh, John wrote about that in chapter 3. He says, this is judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest their works should be exposed. 
but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Jesus turns on the light. Jesus exposes us for who we are and what we are. And I think we'd rather have a slighter control, wouldn't we? To adjust things, to see things the way we want them to be or hope they would be or wish they would be. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is that we would see things as they really are and then we would know we need a Savior and we would turn to him and ask for forgiveness and healing and the new life that he brings. You know, that's God's plan, but that's not what happened in this chapter. The people in the courtyard, they did not like the light that was shining into their lives at that moment. They wanted to turn that light down. They wanted a slighter control to make everything look better. They wanted to turn the light off, and that's why they picked up the stones to throw at Jesus. They wanted to turn the light off permanently. You know, there's a very famous verse in this chapter. It's probably the verse that I think, well, there's many verses that get used out of context, but this is one I think that gets used out of context a lot. You see it on the walls of, universities and uh, colleges and even courtrooms. Uh, it says the truth will set you free. Have you seen that on a wall somewhere? The truth will set you free. That comes right out of this chapter. I think it's often abused and misused. It's taken out of context so that people read that and they don't realize it's all about Jesus and the freedom God wants to bring into our lives. Yeah, when Jesus says the truth will set you free, he's not talking about a freedom that allows you to do or say anything you like. He's not talking about a freedom that's like an anarchy to run riot and follow any whim or desire that might attract you. The truth Jesus is speaking about is the truth of who he is and why he came and the truth about who you are and who God has called you to be. Here's the whole verse. So Jesus, and the next time you see that on a wall, just think about this. This is the whole verse. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We will know the truth, and we will be set free by the truth when we come to know and live into God's word. The word made flesh. The word come to live among us and dwell inside us. This is the truth that's going to set us free. And not free to do whatever you want. It sets you free to follow God. Because sin keeps us from following God. And Jesus came to deal with the sin problem, that we would be set free to follow God. So that light in the wilderness, that pillar of fire that led the people by night, Jesus is the light in the wilderness of your life. Jesus is bringing you through and leading you to himself, salvation, the promised land. This is the freedom Jesus brings. This is the freedom from being captive to sin. You know, we are captive to sin. Jesus talks about it as being a slave 
to sin. When you're, when you're a slave, you're enslaved to the master, and you do whatever the master says, and you, and, and you have to follow the master. And Jesus is saying that it, sin is not to be our master. God is to be our master. But when we're like a slave to sin, it's like being, uh, you're just kind of giving in to every desire that would f- come your way. You know, just like a, a moth that's attracted to a flame and you'd be flitting to this and flitting to that until it's too late and the flame will actually burn you alive. That's what sin does. Sin kills. So Jesus talks about that here. Truly, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now next week, we're going to talk more about uh, the freedom that Jesus brings into our life. We're going to, this continues over where he heals a man who's been blind from birth. And this man sees, the blind man sees, but those who are seeing, they don't see. And we're going to explore that more next week. But the challenge that's facing us today is the same challenge that that crowd was facing the day after the festival, when all the oil lamps were being put away for another year, the question Jesus put before them was, do you really desire God's light to shine? Do you desire God's light to shine, to expose, and to lead the way through the wilderness to salvation and wholeness? Or do you love darkness rather than light? Would you rather pull those covers over your head and stay in the dark or, or move that slider control over to make things look better than they really are? You know, if we're honest with ourselves, <laughs> the problem we have with the light of God, uh, actually it was put really well, I think, in an old movie, uh, A Few Good Men by Jack Nicholson. Remember that line? You can't handle the truth. That's our problem with the light. We can't handle the truth on our own. The only way we can really handle the truth is by the grace and mercy of God. You know, John, who wrote this gospel, he wrote some letters. One is called First John, wrote these towards the end of his life. This is what John wrote in a letter to the early church and later in his life about the light of God. He said, this is the message we've heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, will cleanse us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. It's the grace of God. That's what we need to handle the truth and know that there's forgiveness and mercy Because when Jesus comes into our lives and he shines that light and we see ourselves in high def, holy light, 
you know, warts and wrinkles and sins and all. Our first response is just like Adam and Eve's response, right? Our first response is to cover up, run and hide, turn off the light, hide in the garden. But I tell you, hiding, covering up, moving that slider control, it does not make anything better. In fact, it makes things worse. And, and you know how it is. You know, what's true in the physical is so true in the spiritual. And how many of us have put off going to the doctor because of what? We're afraid he's going to find something wrong. <laughs> what is wrong with that? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever said that? Someone's saying, my husband says that all the time. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with that? If there's something wrong, get to the doctor. Find it out sooner than later so you can deal with it now. And it's true in the spiritual. You can carry the weight of sin. You can let it have its way in your life. You can be a slave to sin, and it can go on and on and on, and it'll kill you. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. On Ash Wednesday, we read a verse from Ezekiel that's so fitting here that, you know, Ezekiel prophesied and he said, God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Jesus came not to condemn, we're told in the Gospel of John, but he came to seek and save the lost. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous so that he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If a light has come on for you today, I would just encourage you, don't switch it off. Don't cover it up. Don't run and hide. God's plan is for you to come to him and confess your sin. Receive his mercy. Receive his grace. Receive his forgiveness. God wants better for you. Don't run from his light. Walk into his light. Now the worship team is going to lead us in a closing song and it's a song about the light of the world. And as we, it's a song we've sung many times before. And so a problem with songs we've sung many times before is they can just become sing-along songs. But that's not the purpose of this song today. This is a, a worship come to Jesus song. And I pray that as we sing about Jesus being the light of the world, you would invite him to shine into your life that you would see who he is, you would see who you are, and you would find the forgiveness, the healing, and the new life that every one of us needs. Let's come to the Lord and experience the light of Christ in our lives as we sing our song together.